Hi there. This is a special preview of an episode that you can only find on patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. Take a listen, and if you like what you hear, consider supporting us for as little as a dollar a month. We appreciate you listening no matter what, but if you want to hear all kinds of extra content, then patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits is the only place to hear that. Until then, here's a little preview of what that extra content sounds like. So there were the original shorts called The Amazing Colossal Adventures of Word Girl. Now, these are the shorts that would be at the end of an episode of Maya and Miguel, and it premiered on PBS Kids Go in November 2006. Now, I wanted to take a second here and explain what PBS Kids Go is, because I think that that's something that a lot of times I would see on PBS Kids, but I wouldn't quite really understand what it was. So PBS Kids Go is the PBS Kids brand that's aimed specifically at older children. So it would be the programming block that would play in the afternoon of weekdays. Usually, I would imagine, when kids get home from school. This was from October 2004 to October 2013. So under PBS Kids Go, you would have programs like Arthur, Postcards from Buster, Zoom, Cyber Chase, Maya and Miguel, Wishbone, Martha Speaks, and a bunch of other ones that we haven't talked about before. But it turns out we have actually talked about a lot of shows that fall into the PBS Kids Go banner. Well, I think it's because, you know, this has been kind of a a weekly occurrence on the For the Kids uh, is me being like, there was this commercial, there was this block of shows when I got home from school, and it was like, there was ones before Arthur and ones after mm. Arthur, and, and I think yes. what we're learning now is that is just the PBS Kids Go block. PBS um, Kids Go. And yeah. if Sagwa wasn't on PBS Kids Go, then I would think that Sagwa was probably the first show in the block that would kind of signal the, the end of the regular PBS programming, and then the next show would have been whatever starts the PBS Go block or so on and so forth. So Sagwa, um, Sagwa was the gatekeeper for PBS Kids Go. Exactly. They're the, the watch guard of the Great Wall uh, of content, <laughs> not China. Um, between the the younger affair for <laughs> the great wall of content. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, PBS Kids Go that helped to kind of put it in perspective. I also wanted to mention the so there's a lot of elements to talk about with the show. Um, let's start with the animation. Uh, the animation was done by a studio called Soup Two Nuts. That's all one word, soup number two, nuts, uh, which was originally called Tom Snyder Productions. It was an animation studio. It was originally known, Lucas, for the Squiggle Vision shows. And I wonder if you're at all familiar with one of these. So when I say Squiggle Vision, that's the type of animation that seems to be kind of always moving. Yes. Like squig squiggling its own way. Dr. So there's shows like. Yes, Dr. Katz was what they initially became famous for, and they went on to do other shows like Science Court for uh, ABC's One Saturday Morning and Home Movies, which a lot of people uh, really like. Home Movies is exceptional. Home Movies is really, really good. I've never watched it. It's very, very. I, I, I love that show. That's one of my, you know, you know me. I have a special s spot for that early adult swim sense of humor. You know, your sea yeah. labs and your your space ghosts and home movies is a little bit later by a couple of years, but it's still that early 2000s adult swim. Um, and I, I, I love that show. That show's really good. And it's definitely what I think of when I think of like Adult Swim shows that like it made its kind of identity on. So they went on. They didn't just do Squiggle Vision shows. They went on to do uh, animation in a more traditional form on shows like The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends and some shorts for Sesame Street. In fact, they even won awards uh, for their work during that time. Um, so Soup to Nuts was purchased by the Scholastic Corporation in 2001, the book fair people, and eventually it was shown down in 2015 um word girl was not one of its last 
it was like one of its last few projects but 20 it, you know word girl was done a little bit before they shut down but uh yeah so uh soup to nuts not no more unfortunately which is too bad because i think that i can speak generally about it um i found the animation quite quite uh, appealing and you can definitely see at least i wonder lucas can you see kind of where the bones of the style of something like home movies exists in something like the character designs for word girl Uh, A little bit. I was more so impressed with, you know, uh, you'll often hear on this show, uh, me specifically, because I know you're a little bit more open-minded to it, uh, lamenting the advent of flash animation and cartoons. And and this is, I would say, an example of how to do it the right way, where I think the Word Girl art style um, lends itself well to the type of motion tweening and and stuff we see um, in modern day flash cartoons. Like, for instance, in Arthur, because Arthur's art style wasn't really created with flash animation in mind um Mm. i think the the motion tweens look extra ugly to me whereas something like word girl with his hard outlines um and just the way the characters are drawn and how everything's kind of already round um i think it lends itself to that type of animation a little bit more Yes, um, it helps that it kind of started there. And it's also trying to like emulate a, a comic book superhero style. So that kind of more graphic approach, not graphic as in the content, but like, um, what am I trying to say here? Like the the, the graphics, I suppose, um, like graphic comic style is meant to kind of inform where it's coming from. Okay, that'll do it for now, but we'll see you next time on Elwood City Limits or over on patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. Have a great week.